P.S. You're Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things we'd love to hate and hate to love. And I'm Shelby, and I'm here with Matt. Yes, we are back. And this week, we have a special guest, my friend uh, slash mortal enemy, who is a comedian <laughs> and a writer and an actress, a lot of different things. We have on the podcast this week, Anupa Otiv, which is so exciting. Oh my god, hi! What an introduction! (laughs) I can't wait for you to like me more than you like Matt by the end of this. That's my goal with every single one of his guests. (laughs) It won't be hard because me and Matt are sworn enemies. Okay, perfect. You will learn very quickly. (laughs) Yeah, I, again, I, when I was asking Anupa to be on this podcast, I was second guessing myself multiple times because I'm like, this is just the exact type person that Shelby will be able to turn in about five <laughs> minutes. They're they're like secretly separated at birth. This is not going to go well for me. Yes! Oh, perfect. oh my God, I'm so excited. <laughs> well, I'm a big fan of the podcast. I watched, I mean, watched, oh my God, I'm such a fake. I've listened to so many episodes and I'm a big fan. And oh, generally, okay. Shelby, yeah. I feel like you and I have similar opinions. Oh my gosh! So we'll yes, okay, okay. thank you. Okay, let's, let's start let's off so well. Calm it down. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, before we get started, Shelby and I just want to say, people, you should leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> We're trying to get reviews, and people mm-hmm. aren't leaving them. We'll read them on the podcast if you write them. So, like get on yeah like why wouldn't you you know it's a win-win situation and also you can follow us on social media we are at psu wrong on instagram on twitter on facebook we have a gmail it's psu wrong at gmail.com some people send us really great letters and messages and questions which we answer so if you want to reach out reach out i think i might (laughs) good oh yeah you can send (laughs) us an email anupa i i just might have you left us a review Oh, God. No, I haven't. Oh, my God. I'm canceled. Oh, wow. Public okay, shaming. Well... <laughs> Bye, everyone. All of the nice things I said, I take them back. Um, <laughs> but no, let's get started. We watched the trailer for Ford v. Ferrari this week, mm-hmm, uh, which mm-hmm. is a movie that's coming out within the next couple of weeks, I think, starring Matt Damon and Christian Bale and focuses around this race of some kind where Ford decides they're going to beat Ferrari in like a 24-hour road race, something or another, but they have to build a fast car. And that's basically the movie. Did you guys get anything else from this trailer? No, I mean, that about that covers the gist of it, I guess. Yeah, really watered it down yeah. into a palatable soundbite. But what's great Pretty about much. this is it's about... Um, it's uh, my uh, my namesake. It's uh, it's Shelby, the, the creator of the Shelby Cobra. So I kind of feel like I have to watch it. Wait, what? What's a Shelby Cobra? Yeah, it's, a, well, it's the car. It's the is the is Shelby. Is it? Are you guys serious? Was that, was that mentioned in the trailer? Yeah, I did not is get the that. Creator, the it's Shelby. That. So you know, Matt Damon's character is what's his face? Um, uh, his name is Shelby. Yeah, it's Carol Shelby. Is Matt Damon, and he went on to make a bunch of cars that, like the Shelby GT, the Shelby Cobra. They're known now as the Shelby Mustangs. 
So anyways, that's that's all the car history oh. I know. And um, that's enough. That's, that's enough car history. <laughs> yeah, Were you named after much. this man, or no. this is just a coincidence? <laughs> it's just a coincidence. It's just a just a fun little Easter egg for me in this movie. You know, I don't see a lot of movies that feature someone named Shelby. So that's I, true. I take it where I get it. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I it took me several tries to get through this trailer alone. <laughs> like. Matt sent me a text and was like, we're going to talk about Ford v. Ferrari. Like, please watch the trailer. And I literally, it took me all day to watch it. I tried several times. And it's just like, I don't know, like Matthew McConaughey in the South with an accent. It's like, he's done that before, right? Like, that's his thing. (laughs) Is it? Well, Matthew McConaughey is not in it. Wait, it's what's his, that guy's name? Matt Damon. Oh. Matt Damon. <laughs> no, no, the other one. Christian oh, Christian Bale? Bale? That's Who's Christian doing- Bale! <laughs> I thought what? it was Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> oh my god, they look the same. Also, isn't he... Isn't he doing a British accent? Yeah, but he's doing an accent. I seriously <laughs> thought that was Matthew McConaughey. That's Are a Christian Bale. Yeah, it's Christian Bale. I mean, I'm a super- I actually, wow. I tend to not really like Matt Damon, and I also get really tired of these like broy movies that are just dudes talking about who knows what. But Christian Bale seemed Same. to be having fun for the first time in a long time, so That's, I appreciated that. I'm shocked. I'm literally Google imaging this right now. I can't even believe myself. Wow. These yeah. people really do look the same. I, wow. It's tough with Christian Bale because he's constantly putting on weight, mm-hmm. losing weight. You don't know. I felt like he looked a little thin in this trailer. I was like, like maybe you should eat yeah. something. This feels like an uncomfortable weight for you to be at. But I didn't want to put that on him. But I sort of did. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was an experience. <laughs> You know what? People <laughs> actors should not be commended for like changing their body weight. I feel like that gets so much credit. <laughs> like they're like, "Wow, yeah. he's fat now. What a good actor." <laughs> I'm like, "Those are not the same thing." <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, you did think he looked like an entirely different person though. So, maybe there are props Listen. to be given there. <laughs> I don't know if that's my... Yeah, that's true, I guess. I don't know if that's my fault. (laughs) It's Christian Bale playing Matthew McConaughey, playing Shelby Cobra. I thought I was watching, like, a Dallas Buyers Club trailer or something. Like, it all is the same to me. And, like, this is just not a movie I would ever watch. So, like, watching this trailer, it's like... Matthew McConaughey, right? <laughs> I mean, what there have a been a lot. There have been a lot of racer movies. I feel like so. I can't remember any of them or if they were any good, but it does sort of just immediately leave your mind. Was Matthew McConaughey in a race car driver movie? Now I'm now I'm confused <laughs> about that part. I I'm, I would also like to bring to attention that I'm fairly certain that in the trailer there was separate screen cards for Matt Damon oh, and yeah, Christian for sure. Bale. It was. <laughs> so we're trying not to shame our guest, Matt. Oh, sorry. Well, you were the one who asked her if she had written a review, which she hadn't. So <laughs> we're really just y'all are being going so, in. so hostile today. Although yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not making it any easier. <laughs> well. <laughs> Let's give Anupa some props here because we're talking about the Goldfinch, 
today on the podcast, which Shelby will have uh, qualms about, which we can address in a second. But I told Anupa, hey, do you want to come on the podcast and talk about this movie like several weeks ago? She was like, yes, great, sure. So then I texted her again like a week ago and she was like, oh, is that this week? I was planning on reading the book, but I haven't read it, so I probably won't. And I was like, oh, that's okay. Like (laughs) I've read the book, but Shelby hasn't. It's not a big deal. And then I get a text from Anupa that's like, no, I'm going to read this before I watch the movie. I have four days to read this like 700 page novel. And then she just kept text. Okay. Six days. She kept texting me updates throughout the week. Like I've, I've, I'm 300 pages in, I'm 400 pages in. And she was like finishing this up an hour before she watched the movie with me yesterday. So really a trooper here for the podcast that read the goldfinch and watched the movie just to be on this episode so kudos for that thank you this past week has truly been like a whirlwind because like yeah i like 20 minutes after i agreed to be on the podcast i was like no i need to do this for myself (laughs) because like i've wanted to read this book for years now and like now's the moment and i knew that like I knew it was going to be a trash movie. Like, I just kind of knew. Spoiler alert, my my feelings. (laughs) But um, (laughs) but I just wanted to have, like, a positive memory associated with this, like, great masterpiece of literature Mm. before it's, like, inevitably ruined. But I did it with 45 minutes to spare, mind you. Wow. Are we calling (laughs) it a masterpiece? Is that, was that your final takeaway? The book. The book. (laughs) The book. <laughs> I know, but even so, you know, I just, uh, I guess we'll get, I guess we'll get into it. <laughs> the book, The Goldfinch, came out in 2013. It's by Donna Tart, who is a fairly famous author who only releases books every 10 years so far, which is sort of like a big thing. So when a Donna Tart book comes out, it's very much an event. She won the Pulitzer Prize in 2014 for this, and. It was a bestseller. Everybody was talking about it. When they announced the movie, I think people thought, okay, this is surely going to be an Oscar contender for something that's like such a prestigious literary work. Those don't always get adapted into movies, but when they do, a lot of times they can be like big awards contenders. So people were excited for it. I also read the book way back, like before the movie came out, and I personally did not like it at all. So it's interesting that Anupa, you had such strong, positive feelings yeah. about this because I really hated this book. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't really surprise <laughs> me because I feel like you and I have very, very different tastes. <laughs> I mean, when we like something, we're on the same track. But when we don't like the same things, it's very, like, it's it's stark, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but you like, Matt, you liked her other book, right? Like, a yes. lot. So The Secret History is her first book, which came out in 1991. And then she had another book called The Little Friend that came out in 2002. And I really loved both of those. I didn't I didn't read them when they came out. I've read them more recently. But I, I loved both of those. They are both more mysteries kind of whodunit type things going on both of them involve a death early on that you're trying to piece together throughout the book and even though they're long and kind of (laughs) rambling at parts it they feel very much like literary mysteries where the goldfinch to me doesn't have that mysterious (laughs) element to it it just feels very long (laughs) yes there's a painting at the center of it it's about a boy who 
is in a bombing at a museum as a child, like acts sort of accidentally steals this painting from the bombing and then keeps it (laughs) all these years. And it's just, and yeah, well, (laughs) he's like 10, 11 years old. So he definitely steals it, but I don't think he really like is trying to like, steal it steal it in the moment he's just like it's a blur his mother's just died he's been in a bombing it's whatever but then he keeps the painting and we just follow him and his painting throughout his life for 700 pages and some of those pages are interesting but lots of those pages are not so i felt like we could have used a trim and maybe some more interesting things going on and after how much i liked her first couple novels I felt like this was a bit of a snooze, but you I, love this. So why I did really you love did. it? Anupa? What I can, I consider it to be like a, like a nerdy thriller. My roommate actually, she calls it an art history thriller, which I think is like totally that's, I'm like, I don't know how many of those there are, but like, that's, <laughs> that's it. Like <laughs> it's like, super- I'll quibble yeah. with the word thriller, yeah. but yes, it, it, I think it is like, it's kind of like, I really, I think it deserves to be 700 pages Oh my! because word. it's less about the painting to me. But like, while I was reading that book, I was on the edge of my seat for six days straight. What? Like that boy takes so many drugs that I was scared <laughs> for him. I was like, this boy, get him some parents and like take care of him and give him some guidance. Yeah. And every time he didn't get any guidance, I would freak out. <laughs> like that to me was like it was such a roller coaster. And in general, I think Donna Tart is just such a great illustrative writer. Like I can totally picture everything as it's happening to the point where I'm like, I don't mind that I've been focused on the same scene now for 10 pages. Like it doesn't bother me. Oh man. I mean, I was like, I was in the literary scene during this because it was when I was in New York working in publishing and no one would shut up about this book. And I was like, do I have to read this book? (laughs) And it never (laughs) appealed to me. It never captured my attention, but I'm very picky about like what highbrow, like literary novels I actually end up liking. And I recognize that that might Mm -hmm. be a, a flaw of mine, but I just, I was like, wait, so it's all about this painting. And I was just like, I just couldn't gather the, the urge to care. And then when it became a movie and I knew that Matt would make us watch it, I was like, Oh, and I read the synopsis of the book. Yeah, no, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't do it for me even more so now that I've seen it in a visual form. So I have, I've been trying to separate my feelings <laughs> about the movie from my feelings about the book, but it's impossible yeah. when you've like read the book like a mere 45 <laughs> minutes earlier. But like, I'm so curious, Shelby, to know, like, did you know what the fuck was going on? <laughs> Like, like did you am I allowed to say that word sorry <laughs> <laughs> um no I mean I so I had read the synopsis of the book so I definitely like had that okay. um framework going into it but I feel like I would have felt the same reading the book too I would have just been like what this is so dull <laughs> and I mean I understand there's <laughs> 700 pages to round out some of these scenes and these emotions and these characters that came off very flat on the screen but all together like the plot itself just never ever appealed to any small part of me <laughs> well maybe we should back up a little bit and 
there's been a lot of behind the scenes drama of the podcast <laughs> with Shelby and I texting each other back and forth about what about what we should cover this yeah. week on the podcast. Oh my and word. the moment I saw that the Goldfinch was going to be released this week, I was like, okay, this is going to be a huge mm-hmm. Oscar contender. This was a book mm-hmm. that was so popular. I work in publishing, so like the publishing bubble is like the Goldfinch, the Goldfinch, the Goldfinch. <laughs> like this is all I've heard for months. I'm like, this is going to be huge. We have to cover it there's like no other option of things that we could cover this is like a must (laughs) a must episode yeah shelby however thought yeah no it was uh i mean it had been on our radar for a while and and it was hard because you know when we plan out our podcast schedule a lot of times there are movies that haven't been announced yet and so when tiff was happening and all this good news came out about hustlers the stripper movie starring constance Wu and j-lo I was like, that would be fun. Like, that seems like a good movie. And then I saw it was the same weekend. And I kept pestering Matt that we should change <laughs> for no selfish reason. It, was, you know, it wasn't for any selfish reason at all. But but Matt kept on insisting, like, literally just text on text that he's like, oh, no, like, Goldfinch is going to be bigger. More people are going to see the Goldfinch than Hustlers. Like, direct quote, Matt sealed, signed, dated. Uh, is that really a direct that quote? That is a direct quote. Like, I have the receipts, I okay. have the text. And then I was like, Matt, I don't all know of- if I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, no, it was delusional. And then the best, though, was I was like, Matt, all of the Hustlers screenings are sold out right now on Thursday night. This was Thursday night, this was before the weekend. And I was like, these are sold out at all the theaters. And he was like, oh, well, it's just because they didn't, they didn't put them in, they didn't put enough screenings in. They didn't expect it to be a big deal. So it's like, everyone will still go see the Goldfinch more than Hustlers. But lo and behold, the weekend box office numbers came out and it was just so vindicating to see these <laughs> that was bad judgment <laughs> yeah i was sitting at you know i was like looking at the at the box office numbers this morning because i do that on most mondays and i was like okay i read the, the headline that was like hustlers number two at the box office and i was like okay well yes this makes sense hustlers is number two goldfinch is number one <laughs> So then I'm reading the article and it's like, no, number one, it chapter two, number two, hustlers making like $30 million or yeah. something like that. Number eight, the goldfinch <laughs> making only $2 million. And then the kicker, this is the sixth lowest grossing film to be opened in over 2,500 theaters ever. Like, Incredible. not only was this a flop, this Incredible. was like the one of the greatest flops of all history. And I wow. was like, no, this is going to be huge. We have to cover it. Yeah. yeah, we'll have to do a poll and see how many of our listeners actually saw this movie because I feel like absolutely none of them did. But I will say this. So then I looked on this list because I was like, well, what were the other five movies that less people saw than the goldfinch and most of those were whatever but guess what was sitting pretty at number eight on this list of movies that had opened in more than 2500 theaters and sold like basically no tickets um any thoughts probably like serenity (laughs) <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. It was a movie you forced us to go to see Friggin' Captive State, <laughs> the worst movie I have ever watched. What is that? So, 
exactly. It's a delight. It's just a fun alien movie that wasn't trying. It was just a good time. A harmless alien movie. I almost got up and left the theater. It was so boring. Don't distract from the fact that we are discussing the largest flop of this year right now because you were delusional enough to think this was it. Look, I think it's there's something to be said about the fact that it was one of the worst grossing <laughs> movies of all time. Because, like, that is a moment in history yeah. worth talking about You're and right. worth documenting. You're right. And you know what? I'm very excited to just talk, talk about it for the next yeah. few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> there's a couple questions one like is this a good adaption of the book the book did so well like like is is this a good adaption and then two why did so few people decide to go and see this in the theaters when this is one of the best-selling books of this (laughs) decade so you would think that there would be a large number of people who would want to go see this movie whether or not it was getting good reviews solely because they read and liked the book so those are the questions that I would like to try to answer. I don't know if we can. Anupa, did you think this was a good adaption or not? And why? I found it very watered down, which for something like The Goldfinch is like such a huge insult. Like (laughs) that is not the book that you ever want to water down. There's like so much going on in there. Whatever you want to believe, Matt, is fine. (laughs) I think there's a lot of really great stuff going on in that book. And Every they like start to touch on a lot of beautiful moments that I thought were in the book, and it just it lasts literally like fifteen seconds, and then they completely move on. And I'm like, it, it was just very disappointing. And there were a lot of my favorite moments that I was looking forward to watching, and then when I noticed that it was like coming, I was like getting excited. It was done, or it just wasn't included. <laughs> no. What were those moments? Well, for one thing, my favorite part, one of my favorite parts in the book is like the whole Las Vegas thing when he's like growing up in Las Vegas with young Boris and they're doing their thing. And there's like so much going on there. It's so beautiful. It's so heartbreaking. And that like the Las Vegas scenes lasted a total of like, com- like collectively probably like 10 to 15 minutes, right? Like, oh, I felt like it was so a lot fast. longer than that. <laughs> <laughs> There's only so much, like, Finn Wolfhard with a bad accent I can take, you know? It dragged a little bit. Surprisingly, though, he was not the worst part of the <laughs> Yeah, film. that's true. He was not. It was, a, it was a race for the bottom, for sure. But They were all kind of competing for that, yeah. weren't they? But, I mean, so this movie did not get well reviewed either because sometimes you have that where people are like oh this movie is so good like and it just doesn't find its audience but this didn't hit with the critics and it clearly didn't hit with the fans of the book but i also feel like a lot of literary novels the audience doesn't always translate to the people who go to theaters anyways so i don't Mm -hmm. i would never expect this movie to have been a blockbuster in any way and so i don't know i it is weird that no one bothered to see it, but it also isn't surprising given that it really lost its like attraction by the last couple weeks as the reviews came out. Like no one was talking good about it. It has like twenty two percent on Rotten Tomato Rotten Tomatoes. I think everyone just wanted to ignore it and pretend it didn't happen by the time the release came out. Yeah. I was honestly shocked that they made this into a movie. <laughs> Her first two books, I think, are much more cinematic. They have more plot. They're more commercial. 
commercial in their, you know, genre and sensibility. And the fact that neither of them had ever been made into a movie, when they announced this, I was so surprised that of the three books, this would be the one that they pick because it seems it's it is there's lots of beautiful passages in it but there's not like a ton that happens in it necessarily and so i was a little bit confused as to why that it why they were making it into a movie but it's from the director of the movie brooklyn which was a best mm-hmm, picture nominee mm-hmm. a few years ago it has like uh, an academy award winning cinematographer behind it the music people are really good it has this a-list cast of a lot of people who have won oscars or emmys you know you have uh, sarah paulson nicole kidman jeffrey wright it feels on paper that it would be this very oscary movie and then yet for whatever reason it it isn't but this is going to come out eventually so i'm just going to say now i really like this movie what? which is crazy. oh my god oh my god matthew that's the twist of the century <laughs> i cannot figure oh you out Matt. this is insane oh my god this is i think I oh my gosh I could have never. What? I could have never predicted. We should have though. He he loves Isn't It Romantic and Serenity and all these weird like the critics hate him, so he has to love him thing. Like I'm starting to figure you out, Matt. That's That's it. That's true. Oh my god. So I I was thinking about this a lot because I was oh my I word. didn't I really didn't like the book I'm fuming. <laughs> and, so, and so going into the movie I was sort of like well I don't think that I'm gonna like I didn't like the book so I'm not gonna like this movie but I think that I liked the fact that it took the book and shrunk it down so much that I felt uh. like it did a good job and and also. I think about this a lot about music as well. I read this article once that said the reason why people like songs or why you like certain things is because it's just enough familiar with enough new stuff. That's why like if you listen, if you get a new CD, so like let's say Taylor Swift's new CD lover. (laughs) You listen through it. There's some songs that you like a lot right off the bat. And then there's other songs that you're kind of like, meh, whatever. But then a few months later, when it's on, you'll happen to be listening to it. And it'll you'll pick out a new song that you're like, oh, my gosh, I really like this. And it's weird because you've already listened to it, but you didn't like it before. But it has to do with your mind liking <laughs> okay, things that are to, like, new, but also different. <laughs> Listen, you're like, there's so a reason what I for think my bad happened, taste. happened to me with the goldfinch is it was like I had read it so long ago that I'd sort of forgot what happened, but was also familiar oh, enough no. with the plot that it made sense, even though I don't think this movie makes sense. And so no. I was sort of taken in by the whole thing. It was like, wow, I'm really enjoying oh my this. Gosh. Oh my this God. is shocking, honestly. This is awful awful we have to delete our podcast like it's over we've lost all credibility this is wild and then so i was watching this with anupa yesterday and the movie ends and i can tell that anupa doesn't like it but i'm like okay silent for like five minutes yes but i'm like for good podcasting like we can't talk about this so the whole time I'm trying to like it. not not <sighs> let on that I actually really did enjoy the, the, I the no idea the movie. In retrospect, you said certain things that I'm like, oh, of course he liked it. I, like, why didn't I see this coming? But 
No, no, but no. I really just like, totally assumed that you would just be on my side for <laughs> once in your life. It was a beautiful movie. Beautiful. I thought the acting was fine. Beautiful. Was okay, wait, 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 yes. wait. I need some clarity. So, so like, give it a grade, like a Rotten Tomato score. What would you give this? Like, what are we talking about? I would give it like a seventy. Oh my word! Oh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Well, that is wild. But I mean, I guess we should just get into it because I, I felt like, and I recognize I didn't have any of the enthusiasm or mind trickery thing you were trying to reference <laughs> to go into this. But I felt like nothing really worked here. Like it, it. They, it had like the backbones of what could have been a good movie. Like you said, there was some good cast. There was some good direction and cinematography and music, but it like never like stuck. It never congealed into something enjoyable. It just felt like strange mm-hmm. vignettes of what might've been a good movie, but just ended up being a hodgepodge right. of like poor choices. <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. And like, I feel like the only way, and I guess I see your point because like, I personally don't see anyone who hasn't read the book enjoying this movie (laughs) at all because like if I'm honest like I'm like if I haven't read this book like I have no idea what is going (laughs) on like I wouldn't know who these people are why this paint like it truly it just made no sense it was like just they really just tried to fit too much and well I guess you could say like yes it's truncated you can it's digestible whatever <laughs> you just lose a lot of what made that movie so great and oh and another thing there were not nearly enough drugs in that movie like <laughs> there really? just wasn't wow. enough like they Donna Tart goes on for maybe a third of the book talking <laughs> about drugs and like there are beautiful passages about these trips he goes on and like I was like that is gonna be so cool to see in theaters and like n- nothing <laughs> he literally he and the Stranger Things kid take what is it like LSD and then nothing happens and then <laughs> his just, dad dies they just sit on the staircase just trying they to look high <laughs> yeah it, it's so not working yeah. Yeah, I mean... But you guys. (laughs) So, the Las Vegas scenes, there were just, like, there's that scene where they're sitting on the swings, and it's, like, the sunset, and it's dusty. It's just so well shot. I loved how they... I loved how they didn't do it chronologically, and they kept jumping back from this focal point of him in the Amsterdam hotel room at the end and also him at the museum before the bombing and they kept like intercutting that with the other things I also loved that the whole movie is about this painting the goldfinch that's that's the focal point of the painting or of the book and the movie and yet in the movie you do not see the full painting until the very last shot you see like parts of it but they don't show you the full painting till the end and i was like oh this is so moving (laughs) oh god oh my god that is so interesting I did not. Like that, <laughs> now that I, think I about feel it. like something. Um, I mean, I'm sure Matt can kind of surmise what I didn't love about this movie and its characters. But I felt like oh, yes. I read this review from I think the AV Club where they s- described it as sort of a Dickensian life after you know this man loses this boy loses his yeah. mother. I was just really struggling to feel like sorry for him. Like, like obviously it was tragic, but I was ultimately just like. 
And I think part of this is because I didn't get the richness of a novel and like pages upon pages to describe his inner turmoil and like everything. But it just felt sort of like he was still very privileged. You know, he was a very privileged man. He had this whole support group in some ways that like he could wind up back in New York and be totally fine. And like he had this adopted family for like, I don't know, six months. And they were so obsessed with him that she ended up like loving him more than her own children and i was just like her own children (laughs) i was just like why why focus so much about on this kid as if his life is truly like over because he stole a painting but i never got like what mattered about this painting like i just i did not get it you guys it's a painting like give it back if you feel bad about it why did he never open it why did he never check on it like what was his what was his turmoil about? I was just like, get over it, kid. Shelby, yeah. he was connected to the painting because he was looking at the painting when his mother died. And so there was a connection. But then he never the looks at the painting is a symbol again. For him and his mom. <laughs> but then it's like the other man like tells him to take it. And I didn't quite like I couldn't understand that speech. I didn't know what he was saying about it. But so he sort of is bullied into taking it by this man who's dying and then he just never looks at it again for the rest of his life. And I, and he then it becomes at it like, like once or twice. Ugh, it's like, it's, and then it gets stolen. Yeah. yeah it, <laughs> it, 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 that's, that is very much a convenient plot point of the book and the movie <laughs> yeah. that he has oh, it wrapped there's up a lot of convenient and keeps plot it points. for like 20 years so that then at the end he can go Why on this whole convenient? art bit. because you're telling me he wouldn't have opened that painting once in like the 20 years in between when he leaves Las Vegas and when he meets Boris and Boris is like, Oh, there's an art dealer who has this. No, No. it's a, it's a, I like this movie and I'm still telling you that was bad. It's a symbol, Matt. He's getting farther away from his roots. He's not, he's disconnected from his, but that's the other thing is the world is dead (laughs) how is he disconnected from his roots when he like (laughs) when he literally goes back to where he started as a kid like he's literally like churning through the same like he goes back to new york he's with the guy he met post-trauma he's marrying the girl of the mother he lived with post-trauma like i just these are the things that don't translate (laughs) in the movie like when I read the book, so, like, there's the first part where he's in New York, like, when his mom dies and all that stuff. And then he leaves, and I was, like, sad he was leaving New York. But then when he gets back to New York, it's, like, this weird warped version of it, and he's, like, evil Theo. See, like, the movie <laughs> did not do a good enough job of, like, exp- of well, showing yeah. the fact that Theo is evil and a psychopath. And, Ooh. like, they really made him look like a good guy. And, like, no. Like, Theo that is, is true. Because wow, yeah, I didn't get that at all. It, it really does not play up the fact that he, when he moves back to New York, he work, he moves back in with this man who is like a furniture repairman, like an antique furniture repairman. And Theo is purposely selling pieces of furniture as if they were real, genuine, like, articles. Explained. It's explained well, it in, like, half yeah. a line. <laughs> 
But there's a whole section of the book that's all him trying to screw over all these people and getting money for him and his, yes, and his family. And then finally he's confronted with it and then things sort of unravel at the end. But in the movie, that's only like sort of touched on once that, okay, maybe he sold like this one thing that was wrong, but like he did it for a good reason, which isn't really the case in the book. No. (laughs) The moral of it was so crazy. Yeah. And it's things like that that keep me from giving this movie a 10 out of 10 and just a 7 out of 10. It was just like all the characters, all the characters were like a little bit, I mean, I guess that paints a good picture of of, an example of it, but they just so, they felt so like empty, like, oh, don't even get me started on like the women in this story. (laughs) Like I'm a hundred percent sure like Pippa gets a little bit more action in the book and like maybe we get a better understanding. (laughs) no. No, it the women like, are just as bad in the book. Why that is are they there? Like, thing. what is going on with this Pippa nonsense? Like, I just, I didn't care about her. And she was just there as sort of this pseudo literary, like manic pixie dream girl type for him to project his Listen, like, goodness on. Yeah, Pippa is like, she's arguably the most boring character. But <laughs> what I think she's like there for, and again, why would this ever translate in an hour and a half long movie or two hour movie or whatever? Like, she and Theo have gone through the same thing. And you're supposed, for a long time, you're really siding with Theo because you're like, oh, this t- terrible thing happened to him, et cetera, et cetera. And, like, as time goes on, like, it gets much harder to justify his actions. And then you realize that someone else who also went through the same terrible tragedy is not an awful person. <laughs> and she's just, like, living her best life. That is so interesting. So why do you yeah. think they made him so likable in the movie? Cause like because like yeah, you get that he's in our stars. <laughs> you get that he's like a drug addict and like a little troubled. But I never got I got that he was lying to these clients or whatever. But I never felt like he was evil or or bad. You know, he's a very sympathetic character in the film. The whole book is it's very much dickensian if you will and in that it focuses on one on one character and really his state of mind and he moves through a bunch of different situations but nobody that he encounters is ever really like so much of an actual person as they are Mm. someone who can affect him in some way shape or form Uh, so that's what the sort of like interesting ish thing is about in the book in the movie though that doesn't necessarily translate <laughs> as much. No. Yeah, not at all. I also had a lot of questions. Same with Boris's character. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of questions about his uh, fiance. So in the movie, he, as a young kid, right after his mother dies in this bombing, he moves in with this family of one of his, his peers in school. And they're very the like, barbers. they're waspy New Yorkers, very wealthy. And so anyways, when he comes back to town, he randomly runs into him and he's adopted back into their life a little bit and ends up engaged to the daughter. But then it turns out she's not really that into him. And she's like, but I want to marry you because you don't know what it's like to be in love with the wrong person. And it's like, what is this like 1942? Like, why is this beautiful, young socialite so obsessed with marrying this guy? Like, I did not understand her turmoil in having to be in this loveless relationship. Like, like, what yeah. was that? I, I also do not. 
Yeah, I also well, do not understand that whole plot. <laughs> yeah. I think that what they were trying to go for is that that she also goes through a big loss, which is sort of addressed in the movie, but sort of not that her that the father and the brother both die in a boating accident, mm. and that the family is basically in shambles because of that. Nicole Kidman's character like won't leave her bed. She's a total mess. The brother really isn't speaking to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that it's just this like disaster of a family, and that when Theo comes back into the mix, all of the family members sort of like mm. get better, and so the daughter feels like if I don't marry him, then everybody will fall back apart and that this is the way to sort of like save the family and also I think there's an aspect of his mother died her father died they have a weird like kindred spirit grief thing that goes on but then she also isn't in love with him and he also isn't in love with her because he's in love with Pippa Uh. so it's this weird symbiotic like well (laughs) we're doing this because it works yeah yeah. which I told Anupa I was I mean like I I could be convinced to be into that I'm you know (laughs) I'm down for a very like Married pragmatic, up, but we yeah. both get to be rich marriage. Oh, yeah. so. I'm rolling my eyes so hard right now, <laughs> like into the back of my head. Jeez. You're so, so predictable. Yeah. <laughs> another <laughs> another thing I ultimately found very annoying about this movie is sort of the 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 moral message or the the final takeaway, which which, you know, spoiler alert for anyone who plans on seeing this. But ultimately, he realizes the painting had been taken by Boris when they were kids and has now been lost to some art thief, like whatever, underground, who knows what. And so he and Boris decide to go to Amsterdam to like get it. I don't know. And so they decide to get it. Things go south. I think he ends up killing a person like straight up. And then he decides, oh, I feel so bad about this painting and my life that I'm going to kill myself. He tries. Uh Boris saves his life. And then Boris gives this speech that's sort of like the whitest like (laughs) white boy speech of like (laughs) justification I've ever heard, which is basically like, Oh, we did some bad things, but if we hadn't done those bad things, like honestly, this one good thing that happened wouldn't have happened. And then, like, where would we be? So, you're welcome, world. Is the is the gist of it? Yeah, that's what. That's, that's the I mean, wrap up of the of the story. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> did you and feel that, like that was that captured seemed... in the book? And like, is that the similar? It was that exact. Yeah. <laughs> scene happens in the book and I was shocked of all the things to leave in they left that in like they cut so many things and they leave this very blah speech (laughs) where (laughs) but like I remember really enjoying that speech in the book too and I was like wow like love this like existential talk and then I (laughs) then when I was watching the movie I'm like no I was wrong this is stupid (laughs) like I hate this (laughs) yeah it's this weird narrative of oh everything sort of works out in the end very convenient Uh, like if you put good energy into the universe it'll give it back to you sort of thing that happens another reason why I really didn't like the book is because you kind of get to the end of the plot and I felt through the whole book that I... She's a very good writer, but I was missing some of that, like, 
philosophicaliness that is in her mm-hmm. first two books and then like the last 30 pages of the book it's are just nothing that. but that no <laughs> yeah. plot no anything it's just sort of like her pontificating about random stuff and i thought this is so lame and cheap <laughs> and i liked oh, the, in the, and i liked it in the movie for as bad as that scene is it is significantly shorter <laughs> than the one in the book and i it's also like how it was long. how it was played over the the scene with him and his mom in the beginning and so i i felt like they did a good job sort of somehow putting together an ending based on the book right. which i didn't think the ending was good of i also think that i like this movie be- in comparison because of how much i hated the book you know right. what i mean like i hated the book and then the movie i thought was like a better version of the book yeah. so i think i thought i liked it more than yeah. maybe i actually did but are we meant to like I'm glad you could find something <laughs> to like about it? Are we meant to like like him by the end? Are we meant to be happy that he doesn't get in any trouble for killing a person and like just goes yeah, back? Yeah, see, that's and... something that is never even addressed in the books. I'm like, so you just killed a man. Yeah, but it's okay because they found some fine. paintings. Yeah. And I mean, it wraps up with the nice little bow in the book as well, where he like basically because he's been like his whole career is him just like selling fake paintings. He's like, he spends the next year of his life, like getting those paintings back and like undoing all the wrong. Oh and like, that doesn't happen in the movie In the movie. He's just like kills a man and then it's done. <laughs> like it's yeah. literally over. Yeah, maybe I'm not Look, enough of an art lover. But... A man <laughs> in, we've all been uh, there. <laughs> we've all killed a man in a parking garage. It's not yeah. like, and we, you know, you just move on from it. it <laughs> we happens. all grow from it. You know, yeah, it's, like it's you meant to be. Yeah. Yes. Don't feel bad. Don't Circle take any consequences. Life. It's like, it was worth it. You know, in the end, it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got wow, some art back, you know. That is, I was just like sitting there. I was like, I literally laughed out loud when he said that. Like, no one in my theater appreciated me, but I just, I was shocked that that is like the messaging from this movie. Like, there was no growth necessarily, except to say, oh, you know what? I guess I can be better now because, um, I I don't know. I didn't get in trouble this time, so um, maybe I'll try a little harder the next time. And it's just like, ugh, ugh. You know, it's just like, ugh. I just couldn't care about this But you guy. know what? <laughs> I was moved by it, nonetheless. I felt yeah, emotions at that part. Moved by the, the little white boy's speech about how important this artwork <laughs> is and how he did a good thing because they found another piece of art from another white man that will live forever. And Theo totally buys it. He's like, you're right. I relate very hard to like white boy (laughs) with glasses who really wants to be rich and is also partly evil. Like that feels correct to me. Right. So, yes. So, sure. Maybe that was also part of the issue. One thing that I will bring up is that I don't know if I read like a blog post or what. But when I was reading the novel, I always pictured the mother as Katie Holmes. Like, I, <laughs> and I, it, I'm not a type of person I mean, who sure. like who like casts people as in, in books when I'm reading them. So I don't know if there was like a rumor that she was playing or what was happening when I read this. But I always in my mind, I'm like, oh yes, the mother is Katie Holmes. And then in the movie, it is a very clear Katie Holmes lookalike <laughs> who is not Katie Holmes. And I was That's disappointed so in that casting. Yeah, like so could they close. not have gotten Katie Holmes? For one day to be in that scene. She would have been so good. 
Yeah, she what a scene. She'd be so much more expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and they've already spent too much money on this, so chances are they won't be getting it back. Clearly. <laughs> but, I mean... Yeah. Oh, they will not a, be getting yeah. it back. <laughs> so did you enjoy the cast, though? Did you feel like it was well cast, aside from the Katie Holmes absence? Well, I didn't like Ansel Elgort mm, particularly. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he's a good actor just in general, yeah. but everybody else I thought was really good. I yeah, I agree. I don't think I don't think he was great. I actually did not hate the Stranger Things kid. I've said this already, mm-hmm. but like I oh, just yeah, want to no, say I liked him. I truly I saw him in the trailer and I was like, "Oh god, like oh no." <laughs> and then when I was watching it, like Yes, the accent was questionable, kind of like Party City <laughs> accent. <laughs> but like, it was good. Yeah. Like, I was like, you're an actor, sure. Yeah, I was delighted to see Sarah Paulson pop up. I didn't remember seeing her in any <sighs> trailers or promotional stuff. And when he, when she comes out into frame and she's like, she I'm Sandra. I was like, yes. <laughs> Same. She looked so good. Yeah. She looked amazing. Oh, she did. I love her. Luke Wilson, I thought, did a good job <laughs> as like a comedy actor doing a drama. I liked uh Jeffrey Wright. I thought he was really good as Hobie. You know, I think oh, the yeah. I think the kid actually did pretty good. He chewed the scenes. Yes, he did he chewed too. the scenes better. No, I disagree. Oh, really? I disagree. The kid was like, first of all, he looks like he's five. Um, not 12 or 15, which he should be. And in, at least in Vegas, he's like 15 years old. And I'm like, I don't buy it for a second. Oh, I that thought this so. kid's not snorting anything. <laughs> but <laughs> you know what? He's got a lot of room to grow. He's going to have a lot of acting gigs in his life. And he's yeah. going to be great one day, I'm yeah. sure. But to me, I was like, nice first try, buddy. <laughs> me, who's like never been in anything. Yeah. I'm like... <laughs> Wait till you're older, kid. <laughs> Anupa, you were a crying ghost in a short recently. Oh my gosh, so. congratulations. Thank you. Um, thank you and thank then, you. obviously, Nicole Kidman was sort of this mother figure that... Okay, in the book, was it like a five-month stint that he lived with them? Because that's what I was getting from the movie. And I was like, these people are way too obsessed with this kid so quickly. It's like a... Yeah, it's like a... That's a while. It's about a year, I think. It's this issue where the family doesn't really get along, and yet he somehow comes in and and like sort of brings everybody together in in a way. <laughs> they did not show that. <laughs> I I thought the other kid was like the scene stealer, yeah, like the little boy that Nicole oh Kidman's God. son. Well, was it was so a white funny. kid with glasses who had a little bit of snarky attitude. So, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, wow, oh you God, saw yourself. I'm just saying. You should be happy. Yeah. Shelby, you're really good at picking up. The- <laughs> oh you pick up the patterns gosh. very well. Yeah, thank you. <sighs> Shelby just lives to make my life miserable no, on this podcast. Not at all. I love her already. Thank Shelby, you. Um, it's a victory. We can wrap this up. It worked. I did it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Do either of you have any other stray observations before we decide if we should watch this now, later, or never? Oh, I have one stray observation. Okay. And I brought it up yesterday, but I have to bring it up again. The the Van Leeuwen sign. Oh, yes. Did you see that, Shelby? I guess I did not. 
when the little boy, uh, Theo, is going down the first time to the antique store, and he's, like, going down that, uh, like, flight of stairs, uh-huh. in, like, down to the alley or whatever, there is a Van Leeuwen's ice cream <laughs> shop sign behind him. Oh, wow. So, and that definitely takes place in, like, the 90s or something. Yes. <laughs> Which I don't think Van Leeuwen's was there at that time. But also... I Googled it this morning. It was 2008. <laughs> yes. Anupa and I went to the Van Leeuwen's in the West Village after we saw this, and there was not a sign there. So I think this must have been filmed at one of the uh, near one of the other Van Leeuwen locations, possibly even in, like, Brooklyn somewhere. Oh, wow. So... Not investigative work. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You um, heard it here first, guys. <laughs> that's a good that's a great location honestly i think i would love to live there anywhere near van lewin so if only yeah i live by a van lewin's now it's great but also not the one in the movie so (laughs) okay well matt since you're a fan um now later or never you know i'm gonna say that you can probably see this later Um, (laughs) oh wow how generous of you if if you if you uh, you know it's tough because if you (laughs) didn't read the book i don't think you'd like the movie so i think it's just a pass but if you read the book and you and you i don't know liked it or didn't like it i would say it's (laughs) worth watching the movie but maybe not paying for a ticket maybe just wait till it's on netflix or something well that's that's one possibility i guess yeah I completely agree. Like, said it all. Whoa. Whoa. That's the one thing that you and I can agree on. (laughs) I would say this is a hard never. I think everyone can go through their lives and be completely happy without ever having to see this. But but there's often... Like, I think if you have the slightest inkling of a (laughs) curiosity... Like, if you read the book and you are ever so curious, even like half a percent curious, just like wait till it's on Amazon Prime. (laughs) <laughs> you know, that's it when you're like you want to hate watch something like there this is it <laughs> this is the one is. yeah <laughs> how dare you how dare you hate watch such a beautiful film okay <sighs> shelby it the time has come for you to lambast this uh it's winners and losers i'm sure you've yeah. written up something so it's, uh, it's really two pages long it's, uh, yeah i figured I'd, oh my no, god I'm just kidding <laughs> but yeah let's cue the music <clears throat> This week's winner is good old New York City because who needs a small town when everyone knows everyone when you can live in Manhattan and still run into people coincidentally whenever it benefits you most. Don't worry if it's been decades and you look like a literally different person. There's nothing stopping a stranger in New York from recognizing you in a 0.5 second walk by and saying, Theo? Potter? Is it really you? Whether it's the troubled older brother you only saw once as a tween or the Russian drug-addled teen you left over a decade ago, they will recognize you first and it will be a reunion that extends beyond customary highs and, well, goodbyes. Hell, you'd probably even beat the odds and catch your fiancé cheating on a random street because this city exists for the benefit of your plot development. So forget about the 1.629 million people living on that island. With luck like yours, it might as well just be you and your nine closest friends. So shout out to the largest city in America. You really are the winner. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Scathing. Scathing. And just every time, every time he bumped into someone, I was like, what? Of all the gin joints, of all in all the cities in all the world, like you stumble into mine. Like, what are the odds there? You know, it does happen one too many times. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, just <a> <laughs> even in the book. Yeah. 
<laughs> but um yeah i mean lucky him it, it helps it really turns things around for him um are you ready for the losers yes okay <clears throat> Studies will show that there are two types of people in the world. The 200,000 souls who paid to see the Goldfinch in theaters and everyone else. So let's hear it for the losers, the outcasts, the broken bodies that failed even to fill theaters as we sat for two and a half mind-numbing hours asking ourselves, why God, why? Because anything would have been better than that. Suddenly, three billboards seems like high art. A Star is Born actually was robbed. The Joker might not be so bad. Because this film, this arduous, overwrought, never-ending film, it has us feeling like total losers. Okay, <laughs> Shelby. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know what, Matt? I'm shocked that you liked it, but um, I really thought we would have agreed on this one. But it's fine. It's I'm not. I'm not salty about it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Every now and again, we agree on something, Shelby. Yeah, just not this. We both loved the Avengers yeah. <laughs> to, yeah. to the surprise Truly of shocking. all. So, uh, But should we get into mm. the rapid fire uh, questions? Yes, let's do it. Anupa, do you have a rapid fire question for us? Oh my God, no. I was thinking about it, but I couldn't think of anything good. That is okay, because I have got some. Um, what museum artifact would you steal in a bombing if you could? Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Um, this is... Anything from the costume exhibit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anything I could, anything I could wear. <laughs> Just a subtle 1500s garb. Um. Yes. Yes. I think I would just end up stealing something from the uh, Egyptian section because I I feel like there's some really cool like art pieces in there, and I've always been really interested in that. You could steal like a scarab yeah. or something. Plus, I mean, they a were stolen, so it's like whatever, you know. Pass it around. <laughs> right. It's yeah. It doesn't belong to you either, pal. Yeah. What about you, Matt? I think I would just steal gold. Like, just, you know, whatever's gold in there, you know. <laughs> melt it down and sell it back and get a lot of money. What about, like, straight-up diamonds oh, yeah. or rubies yeah, or, or that. Yeah, go, or the, any go kind to of, London, any kind steal of the royal gem. diamonds. Yeah. Yes, yes. There you go. I'll I'll basically pull off the heist from uh, Ocean's 8. That's what I'm going to try to do. Oh, God. Okay, what? Get the oh, necklace boy. off of Anne Hathaway. <laughs> What famous person is cool enough that you would marry their lame, cheating kid just to have them as an adopted parent? Oh, oh my God. That's I a really good question. need to think about this. I know. Oh my my first instinct was like Emily Blunt, but her kids are like really young, so I don't think that would like right. work. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. I have to think of like older yeah, actors yeah. and actresses. Yeah. Oh, I think I'm going to go with Tom Hanks. Oh, cute. Yeah. Classic. All-American. I don't know celebrity kids. Can I just marry the celebrity? <laughs> if they're like, they can cheat on me, it's fine. That is sad, but sure. I still don't know the answer. I guess it's, I guess I'm going to just say Brad Pitt because I saw a picture of him recently and he looked really good. <laughs> okay, we'll take it. Yeah, that's the best I can do. Yeah. Anupa, though, Brad Thanks, Pitt everyone. is really not your type at all. So that's a <laughs> shocking answer. I do not have a type. We've a gone lie. over yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Maybe like Matthew McConaughey. Okay. My, 
in a racing movie. Yeah, yeah, she, she, she can't tell. She can't tell any of these people the, the, the part anyways. So just give her whoever. She'll think it's Matthew McConaughey. It, I mean, that's not my fault that they look the same. That awkward moment where uh, uh, Anupa has thought for five years that she's dated Isri- Idris Elba and instead it's actually just Johnny Depp, yeah. but she couldn't tell oh the difference. My God. She doesn't see color. Wow. Yes. That's mm. like, that's a horror film. Someone should write that. <laughs> Just you facial wake up blindness. one day and you've actually been married to yeah. Johnny Depp the whole time. That's scary. Uh, Shelby, who are you marrying into? I think family? I decided ultimately um, Leslie Mann would be a really fun mom. So oh. I, would, I would marry one of her kids. She's married to Judd Apatow, I think. Yeah, yes. I mean, that's not as important a detail. I'd really be in it for her, but... Okay. But he'd well, be that's there, cool. So, <laughs> um, what New York ice cream establishment would you build your furniture <laughs> restoration business near? Ooh! Oh my god! There's one in New York that does a lot of vegan options that are actually really good, and I can't remember what it's called anymore. And it's not Van Lewin's because they do a lot of vegan. I don't think so, but maybe I'm just—it's so—it's been so long that I'm confusing them. I also really like milk. So, milk bar. Oh, yeah. Milk bar. Yes, I'd have to pick Ample Hills. Mm-hmm. That's like oh, my, yeah. that's my fave. Oh, my gosh. I just, oh, they're like everything yes. thing. I don't remember what it's called. Like everything but the kitchen sink or like the trash room just has oh. like everything in it. <laughs> so good. Oh, now I want that. I'm going to ship it to myself. Yes. Oh, my God. My, yeah, my supermarket just started carrying it so that's the next best thing to opening an antique store next yes you're so blessed um what movie has ever been better than the book what movie (gasps) has been better than the book yeah um oh gosh there have to be answers (laughs) um there are there definitely are but we we aren't thinking hard (laughs) enough think everybody think (laughs) I'm trying to think of books that I hated, but that I really like. You know what? I will say this. I think the Divergent movies are better than the books. What? <laughs> oh. That's oh, my a hot gosh. Take. The Divergent movies were so bad, they literally stopped making them. Yes. But but did you ever read the books? Yes. Because they were absolute trash. Yeah. Like, so oh horrifically bad. I guess in yeah. that vein, I would I say... I get through the first Yeah, book. I would say Twilight the movie is better than Twilight the book and far, as far as enjoyability goes. So. Especially the last yeah. one. That last Twilight book is a disaster, <laughs> and the movie is actually sort of fun. So I, remember, I loved hate reading the last one, but... Because remember the last Twilight book, for those of you who are not, you know, uh, can't remember these off the top of your head, she assembles like 900 vampires yeah. from different parts of the globe who all have weird, secret, lame powers. And then there comes to be this big battle at the end where all the good vampires are on one side, all the b- bad vampires are on the other side. And instead of doing an actual oh, battle, Bella just does some <laughs> weird mind trick and everybody just stands there and it's like, okay, 
fine. We'll go home. Really but in the you. movie, we actually get the battle <laughs> sequence. And I remember watching it in the theater, like on opening day or whatever, because a bunch of friends went and people being like, what is going on? This isn't in the book. But then it turns out that it's all just oh like God. a mirage in the movie and that none of those things actually happen. And I was like, okay, this is smart because it gave what? us the action scene, but also followed the book. So I have no idea what you're talking about right now. You are speaking gibberish. Anupa, this is a good cover that you're not a, that you're not a secret that Twilight so stand because no, we know that you good, are. Yeah. I have good reasoning for why I'm not a Twilight stand because in middle school I was like an indie kid, so I like couldn't like mainstream things. <laughs> Me like I'm just saying the truth as it was. Like this, this I, was middle I, school. Middle school. I was not allowed to like, like, I I just, I didn't understand that someone could have like alternative interests and mainstream (laughs) interests at the same time. So like, I just didn't let myself like Twilight. Like I just didn't, I couldn't do it. She's and that still was just working my reality. on this. Yeah. Oh, God. I am still working on this. <laughs> but I guess a movie that I think is better than the book um, is The Hunger Games, the first oh, one. Wow. <laughs> that movie was oh, so gosh. good. No. That movie was so awesome. Good. Oh, my God. That shaky the book is really cam good too. in the woods, dear Lord. <laughs> I love the, the shaky blue cam. Lighting. Oh. Yes. I love the faded blue lighting. <laughs> they I got rid was, of Fox was, face. <laughs> I don't even remember who that is or what that is. (laughs) No, but it's a good movie. She was played by Matthew McConaughey in in the book. Of course. Ah, yes. (laughs) Now I remember. What is, if you had to die in a rich person way, such as in a boating accident off the shore of Nantucket, what would your rich person way of dying be? Oh, man, I guess just like I, oh, hmm, hmm, hmm. Mine is being poisoned by the maid. <laughs> I was going to say that. Oh, my God. <laughs> ah, but it, mine was being poisoned specifically like via fancy cognac or something. And I'm <laughs> oh, like drinking yes. it from a goblet and mm-hmm. like I'm wearing like a velvet robe oh, wow. Wow, I guess I would like want to fall off of like my billion dollar yacht, you know, like just drunkenly yes. stumble off the edge. That's poetic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lost at sea. There she goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fi- final question. Um, so who in this world, in this movie, had it worse? You know, who had the worst life? You you have the little girl who had to give up music, I guess, for some reason, and a Russian kid who's abused by their dad, and uh, you know, there's a few options. So, who do you think had it the worst? Movie, movie only. So, don't let your book. Um, movie only. Um, hmm. Andy, that little kid, the oh, Andy yeah. Barber. He's the he's oh, the yeah. kid who died in the yacht. Is that yeah. right? He didn't even want to go boating yeah. and his parents forced him to and his then he died in a storm. And then storm. he died. He was right. Like, he knew. That is pretty sad. Yeah, I guess I I was going to go with the Pippa because I just don't understand who told her she couldn't play music anymore. I just... I really don't get that. Like, was it just anxiety? Like, I just, I don't understand. But she pulled through, so I'm happy for her. I'm going to say whoever was fired halfway through the production for doing 
uh, Nicole Kidman's makeup so poorly because uh, that was a disaster in and of itself. Yeah, I disagree. I think the I think her old neck was very convincing. Yeah, there was those liver spots and stuff. It was gross to look at. Exactly. So. It was gross. <laughs> You're doing something right. It was gross. It just did not look like any human that has ever been alive. But, you know, <laughs> we'll give it to him. Um, well, thank you so much for for reading the book and watching the movie and coming on the podcast and talking about the Sanupa. It's been quite a journey for you. But Truly. thank you for being here. Do you have anything you want to plug? Social oh media? God. Any projects going on? You know, this is what you do in a, in a podcast. Mm-hmm. You plug oh. stuff. God, I, I haven't prepared for this. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. Um, there's nothing really to plug except like follow me on Twitter, I guess. A O Tib. Hey. And then <laughs> I guess I do improv. Like watch that, I guess. Yes, please <laughs> so give me <laughs> give me a link to watch yours and Matt's improv. I I want to see it. Every time he says he has Have an you improv never class. watched him do improv? No, I he got you into it after him. I left. Oh God! You need to live stream it or something. (laughs) We're gonna live stream it. (laughs) Live stream it, dear Lord. Nobody, nobody else is clamoring for that. (laughs) Let me tell you. Um, Yeah, Anupa just got Twitter. She's tweeting up a storm, like in the past month. So you should definitely follow her there. Yeah, like not to brag or anything, but I'm very good at it. (laughs) I'm just very good at Twitter. Also, you do social media for a living. You run Katy Perry's shoe Instagram account, so that's oh a that's God. a little known fact for the it's listeners. True, but like she's met Katy Perry. People. Oh, she's met her once. That's exciting. Yes. There's a picture. Oh my gosh, you'll have to send yeah. that to me, and I'll use it to promote this somehow, probably. Oh my god, it's so funny because she looks like a beautiful wax figurine, and like I just look like a person. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe you can marry one of her children, Anupa, and get in into that family. (laughs) Or you could just marry her. Um, I'm still going to keep my answer. I'd rather marry Brad Pitt. No (laughs) offense to Katy Perry. It's okay. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, Listeners, we'll be back next Tuesday with another episode. In the meantime, leave us a review or follow us on social media. And we'll be back next week to talk about the Emmys. Bye. Bye.